Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another edition of Gate 7 International. I will be your host for tonight, Costas Llanos, or Costas with a K if that turns you on. And I am joined by exactly, drum roll please, no one. So it's just you and I for the next hour or so uh, discussing all the latest uh, Olympiacos news. Well, not no one. I do have some help tonight, and it's Paco. My cat, he's not going to be around though for a while. He's just hanging out because he thinks I'm going to feed him later on after I fed him three times already. So uh, before we delve into all the Olympiacos stuff, hopefully with Paco's help, uh, let's get into some um, let's get into some uh, basic housekeeping first. Uh, to anyone who hasn't done so already, please do like and subscribe. Uh, do like our content across the social media channels. It really helps the algorithm to spread the word. And do subscribe as we approach 4,000 uh, subscribers. Uh, your support means a lot. Olympiakos's Gate 7 International podcast keeps growing. Uh, help us spread the word. We are still meeting a lot of people from all different uh, parts of the world. Every time we go to Yorikos Kareskakis to cover any match for you. Uh, we even we even getting recognized on the streets. We were hearing from Aris the other day that he got recognized in Maryland because of the podcast, and it is it is so awesome. Uh, please do support us. We can keep bringing you some amazing content, which brings us on Patreon. So please do check us out on Patreon at uh, patreon.com. Uh, you'll find us at Gate Seven International. Uh, we will we will be bringing you some exclusive content there, such as uh, amazing deep dives with the uh, January transfer window only two months away, and some amazing exclusive interviews, such as Aris's interview with uh, the daughter of Alketas Panavulas, the legendary Greece manager who took the first ever manager who took us to the World Cup in 1994, which led to a catastrophic um, uh, performance there with zero wins, zero goals, and ten goals conceded. But that was then and this is now. Uh, another day, another victory for Olympiacos, although this was uh, quite uh, frustrating once more. Uh, before we, um, before we, uh, we, we, we check that out though, let's have a look at the comment section. Georgi Atru, Kalispera, Tikanis Filemu. Costas with a C, saving your ass again in Tripoli. I'm pretty sure that's Costas with a K again. It's Costadinos with a K. I believe Costas Fortunis fell victim to the police's uh, misconception of the name. I feel like the name is with a C, not with a K. Uh, I think we both had it. Uh, we both had it badly. Uh, and Stefanos Dries, thank you so much for your lovely comment. He is not the best cat in the world. He literally only loves me, no one else in the world. Uh, but I love him, you know, just the way he is. And uh, Georgi Atru, man, we need to talk about our incredible traveling fans tonight. Not just tonight, actually. I mean, Olympiacos fans are among the best in the world, in my in my opinion. They are loud. They are passionate. They are supportive. They come up with some very interesting chants. Uh, they are Olympiacos's 12th man, and that doesn't go for every single uh, fan base in the world. I have traveled into English stadiums where the home fans were quieter than a church mouse, but... Absolutely. Olympiacos, are the 12, Olympiacos fans are the 12th man. Uh, we just need to uh, see more from the actual 11 on the pitch after the, um, after the international break, which kicks off tomorrow until November 25, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes, it is until November 25 when Olympiacos return to action at Karaiskaiki against Panetolikos. 
So before we delve in, before all that, let's let's talk a bit about the game we had. Uh, it was quite um, quite a strange one because Diego Martinez opted for a different lineup. Uh, he decided to change a lot, to make a lot of changes to the lineup, which was strange because Olbiakos, like we said, uh, don't have a big match coming up because of the international break. Uh, if Olbiakos were taking on Freiburg on Thursday in the Europa League, which is a must-win game that comes up after the uh, close to, the, I think it's November 30th when it's going to happen. That's a must-win game for Olbiakos if they uh, if they want to stay in the Europa League and uh, play in the last 32 of the uh, competition. But that's not for another two weeks or so. So it made, it was quite interesting because Olympiacos needed those three points. They couldn't risk this time. So Diego Martinez opted for a completely different lineup with um, a bunch of names that we usually see on the bench. He Diego Martinez opted for a 4-2-3-1 formation with Alexandros Pascalakis in the goal. No surprise there. Rodine at right back. Francisco Ortega at left back. No surprise there as well. Panos Rezos at centre-back with Andreas Doi after Jackson Porozos injury so no surprise there as well then Sotiris Alexandros Santiago is again no surprise there but then but from then on this is where it gets a little weirder Pepiel started on the right flank uh with Ola Solbaikin on the other side Gustavo Scarpa at number 10 behind Ayub Elkabi uh we talked about Pepiel the uh, the other night uh, wondering why he is not getting a lot of opportunities after he came on against West Ham in the final three minutes uh, he started this time quite anonymous though throughout the game. Gustavo Scarpa as well failed to give us an extra edge, like the edge that we were hoping he would be giving us. The moment he started, he started being linked with Olympiacos ever since last season when he was presented as the next big thing that would take Olympiacos to the um, to the next um, to the next level. But nothing there again. Very few from uh, very little from Ola Solbach and the low knee from Roma. And still no goal from Ayub El Kabi, who hasn't scored for Olympiacos throughout the entire month of October. And he is in danger of not scoring a single goal for, for Olympiacos in November. As Olympiacos, he'll have two final opportunities against Panetolikos at Kareskakis at November, on November 25. And Freiburg away on November 30th. Those are his final chances after a stunning start uh, with Olympiacos. Uh, that saw him scoring pretty much one goal in each match. Kalispera from Melvurni Costa. Kalispera from Melvurni Costa, Fortunara. John Sabuka, Kalispera Kesesena. We have here Alexandros uh, Kalispera Alexandre. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing here, Alexandre. Can we talk about El Cabiz missed that dead with a keeper later called for offside? Well, yeah, absolutely. El Kabi seems to be out of form. Uh, just completely lost his, uh, his initial goal-scoring prowess. That's on scoring one goal in each game, which has now seen him battling for the number for the number nine spot with um, Stefan Jovetic, who's also not offering any different solutions. He came on from the bench as well, but we saw nothing there from him again. Both of them got called up, though, nevertheless, from their uh, national teams. Ayub El Kabi with Morocco. Stefan Jovetic with Montenegro. It was quite a dull first half uh, against Asteras. Uh, not a lot of opportunities. Um, very toothless performance from Olympiacos. Uh, reminiscent a lot of that West Ham game in London, where although Olympiacos uh, dominated possession and tempo, 
uh, against Las Teras, and they kind of dominated the tempo against West Ham, although they didn't have the possession. Uh, they were still toothless. They weren't. They just couldn't convince that they could open the score any time uh, before uh, halftime. But from then on, uh, Cosas Fortuny's ex machina came on on the 63rd minute when he uh, replaced Gustavo Scarpa and offered the solution for Olympiacos. He was the one that broke uh, the deadlock again. Cosas Fortuny to the to the rescue. He scored about six minutes after his uh, introduction. A very fine finish once more. Asteras didn't convince that they could uh, turn this around. They had one big opportunity, but on that, they didn't show any signs that they could um, they, they could slap Olympiacos, the visitors, with uh, a major blow before the international break. And so Cosas Fortunis, in a, in a final counterattack on the final minute of stoppage time, that was the sixth, he sealed the three points for Olympiacos. Uh, very big, considering where the international break is coming, and it's going to be a very... Uh, important opportunity for Olympiacos to regroup. Although there was um, a final little uh, piece of bad news towards the end with uh, Daniel Podens uh, limping out, limping off. Uh, it seemed like there was a problem with the heel. Uh, Costa Levoyani kind of hinted or teased that that was the reason why we didn't see much from him against Pauk and West Ham. Probably not 100% fit. Again, though, the, the here's where the... Uh, the, the, the Here's where the uh, international break comes into great uh, comes into a great timing because now Bodens will have at least two weeks to heal. Olympiacos will have the time to manage. Of course, it's going to be without Christos Theos, who no longer works for Olympiacos after the team ended their collaboration with Metropolitan. One of the reasons why they ended the collaboration was after the whole Juancar uh, chaos, with Juancar being sent to Iguia to be uh, checked. Iguia, of course. Uh, uh, have links with Panathinaikos currently, and the owner of Iguia is also the owner of Metropolitan, which led to uh, the ending of Olympiacos collaboration. Theo still works for Metropolitan, and he came up with a very lengthy came up with a very lengthy announcement explaining that uh, he didn't want to leave the um, he didn't want to leave his patients at the Metropolitan. He did, he he wanted to to stay with them, and he thought it wouldn't be fair to uh, to leave them just because of. Uh, the recent fallout between Metropolitan and Olympiacos. Theos has a lot of patients over there who rely a lot on him, are expecting uh, important surgeries, life-saving surgeries, but also surgeries that will improve their quality of life. And Theos wouldn't be able to take care of them if he had quit his job at Metropolitan and joined Olympiacos uh, completely full-time. Uh, he also explained that the Juan Carre issue was dealt uh, really badly, that he, there was a lot of uh, different hospitals in Piraeus or within the range of Piraeus, public ones especially, that he could go on, but it's, instead they took the, a very long road to Iguia. But nevertheless, no Christosteos, but the, uh, the Olympiacos Fesios will have uh, their hands full, probably, with Daniel Podens. We don't have uh, concrete information about that yet, but we will be keeping uh, an eye on that. Uh, Alexandre, yes, um, Theos is, uh, the fact that Theos is no longer with Olympiacos is sad, but it seems like the whole thing was very amicable, very, uh, a very friendly divorce right there. Nothing like, for example, what I said, like Jose Mourinho and uh, uh, Eva Carneiro, uh, when she was uh, sacked uh, pretty much illegally, and that pretty much brought Chelsea into disrepute and a horrible season that saw them finishing 10th. That's nothing like it with Olympiacos right now as uh it's simple uh, the the collaboration could continue because 
of Metropolitan and Theos wanted to stay with his patients at Metropolitan. Δήμος, έπρεπε να είχαμε επενδύσει τον Καμπιάσο το καλοκαίρι, ελπίζω να γίνει κάποια στιγμή. Ο Δήμος είναι saying here that Ολυμπιακός should have invested on Esteban Καμπιάσο in the summer. He hopes it's going to happen at some point. Δήμος, do you mean that Ολυμπιακός should have had Καμπιάσο as the manager? Please do clarify that if you can. And here we have a comment from, well, Arispan. We have a worse squad than last season, but sure, let's get rid of the coach in November and bring in some fraud like Blanc or Rudy Garcia. Uh, we don't have a worse squad than last season. Last season was, I mean, the, the squad that Olympiacos had was was so inflated. I mean, if they had infl- if they had brought in one more player, it would have popped like a balloon. I mean, it was the whole thing was completely out of hand. There were we, we, Olympiacos had like five left five left backs. What was it? And one of them was worse than the other. So plus there were some has-beens like Marcelo, Simeon, Vresalico, and James Rodriguez. Uh, and plus, like Olympiacos had organized it so poorly that they had, they practically had two different teams for Greece and Europe. Like Olympiacos couldn't play Cedric Bachambur, James Rodriguez in Europe. It was a complete mess. So I'm not going to agree with you on that, Aris, unless you're being ironic for that as well. And there is no, there has been no talk about getting rid of Diego Martinez as manager. And obviously that would be absolutely ridiculous to get rid of him right now. Uh, so when it comes to Laurent Blanc and Rudy Garcia, Rudy Garcia is with Napoli, if I'm not mistaken, and there's no talk about it, them getting rid of him, getting rid of him right now. But Laurent Blanc is a free agent after leaving Lyon after a horrible start to the season, which goes down mainly to the hierarchy, the club hierarchy. Uh, yes, uh, we someone supports me here in uh, our friend. Well, I'm gonna call you. I'm gonna call you Azd. ASD, that's how I'm going to call you, actually. Squad is definitely not worse. Absolutely right. We have a question here from Manos, our good friend and a very loyal uh, Gate 7 international fan. Manos, thank you for joining us and thank you for your question. Costa, why did we retweet, retreat that much after the goal? Why is this happening? We used to dominate and control the game, not letting chances in the end and being afraid. What is this mentality? It's, it's quite weird right now with Olympiacos because when it comes to that foul game, Olympiacos' defense was all over the place. Costa with a C claims that uh, it's all down to the fact that Diego Martinez dropped Francisco Ortega and brought on Kini, uh, who is a right-footed uh, fullback who's supposed to be versatile as well, and Pau uh, con- uh, focused all their attacks on the left. I think it's a little more complicated than that. I mean... You can't blame Keeney for literally everything uh, right there. And then the next game with West Ham, the, the defense was solid, but the the attack was uh, completely toothless, completely incapable of creating anything. So I see that Olympiacos seem to be the kind of team that rely a lot on their big stars. When the big stars don't bring it, then there's a problem for Dens. Um, Podence didn't bring it with Pauk, didn't bring it with West Ham, didn't bring it with Asteras Tripolis, but I think we're seeing the reason why now. I think there's an issue with the heel, with Achilles heel. Hopefully there's no problem there. Hopefully by the international break he's going to come back better than ever. He's not being called up by Portugal and he was pretty sure he wasn't called up right now. I don't see a reason why uh, he would be called up uh, from Portugal. Ayubel Kabi has also... Just completely lost his goal-scoring prowess. Uh, Olympiacos relied a lot on his goals in the first two months after his arrival, and he hasn't scored any goals in October, no goal in November uh, so far as well. Hopefully, he has been called up by Morocco. Hopefully, 
that will help him regain some confidence if he gets a couple of goals there again, like he did in the last two international breaks. Maybe Stefan Jovetic as well, but Stefan Jovetic is a completely different story because he's not the kind of attacker who's going to find who's going to find space, going to find the right position to score like El Kabi does. But also Costas Fortunis didn't bring it with Pauk and uh, and West Ham. Uh, so Libyakos seem to be relying a lot on their personalities, and if those personalities don't come in anywhere close to 100%, Olympiacos are going to struggle. But still, though, the defense has improved. Uh, I mean, we have found the, uh, the center-back pairing, which is Jackson Poros and Panos Retsos, but today they, they picked up a, a very important clean sheet against the Steras Tripolis. They had a very big opportunity. So I think that's the case right now, is that Olympiacos are mostly, I feel like Olympiacos are mostly relying on their, uh, on their top stars. Uh... That's the best joke I've heard in a long time since George. Not sure what the joke is. Maybe I'm. Maybe it's because the squad is. Somebody said that the squad is worse. I don't know. Uh, Rudy Garcia has been linked with Olympiacos many for many years, but I I doubt Olympiacos would go for him. I I didn't read much on him to be honest. Olympiacos wanted a Spaniard, and the um, the big uh, candidates were Marcelino. Bordalas, uh, Iraola, and of course Martinez, and they landed on Martinez. Uh, Manos, thanks for your nice words, Costa. Anyone else joining the live or solo today? Yeah, uh, it's just me, me, myself, and I today, Mano. Paco is here. He's causing a bit of trouble. I don't know if you can hear it. if the squad was worse last season, Ari, then why did we draw nil-nil away to Asteras and did they want nil too? Well, it's not just that. I mean, last season, Olympiacos didn't have a big win until the final game before the playoffs uh, against Aik at Sofia. What a night that was, historic night. But until then, Olympiacos didn't have a single big win. And whereas right now, Olympiacos, on one hand, they haven't won a derby in the first round. Uh, well, considering, of course, what happened with Panathinaikos, but... They did beat West Ham, one of the most informed Premier League clubs in the world, uh, who needed a VAR check to beat them at London and almost dropped the three points if Madi Kamara aimed his header a little a little more to the left, a couple of inches, maybe one inch. It would have been a different, um, different situation. So we have, any, we have a response from uh, Aris. Uh, Okay, a lot of players. The team is better balanced than any 11 who can play this season. There was, on paper, Olbiakos had a lot of options, but they just didn't work together. They just didn't gel, all those players. I mean, you're mentioning Socrates Papastathopoulos, who I think is a great player, but it's not like Rezos right now, who is in an age and a uh, mentality kind of, that's completely different. Ushinuba, Mr. Red Card, Oleg Reabchuk, one of the most overrated left-backs we've ever had. Uh, Canos joined in the second half of the season, just like Fortunis. And Cedric Pacambu, of course, Olympiak was trying to keep him, but he just went for the money and left. Uh, I mean, Samaseku, you're mentioning him. Well, Olympiakos got an even better number six in uh, Santiago Eze, whom I'm pretty sure you're going to see a big, uh, a big offer coming for him in the next few years, if not this summer. Uh, Pepiel is just, well, he's just not playing right now. He's just... It just seems like something's out there. And El Arabi was at the uh, at the twilight of his career and still is. I mean, he played for the B team the other day, for crying out loud. 
and like Costa said, Costa believes that Olympiacos are going to regret giving uh, El Arabi a new lucrative contract, and they are regretting it right now. So I, I don't think I, I agree with you right there, because Olympiacos at least found a really good left back in Francisco Ortega, who uh, also got called up by Lionel Scaloni in the Argentina squad for the upcoming World Cup qualifiers which is a huge deal because Argentina don't just call up anyone. And I cannot remember the last time Argentina called up an Olympiacos player. It's huge for Olympiacos that Ortega is part of the team. Uh, so I mean, Pascalak is there, Rodine is there. Finally, we have a centre-back pairing that works in Porozo and Rezos. In midfield, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's horrible that Juan Guimbom is not with Olympiacos anymore, but that's down to him. Uh, but there is, I mean, Mati Camara at his best is something else. So Tiris Alexandropoulos brings in some good chemistry with uh, Eze in midfield. And well, when Podence and Fortunis are at their best, we can see, we've seen what they can do, but that's the thing, in the last two matches they were not. And El Kabi, if he restores that goal-scoring prowess, well, we could see something. Obviously, the team is not great right now. On paper, on paper, still, Olympiacos have a lot of um, have a lot of depth, a lot of players that they can... Uh, that they can rely on, and that's what Diego Martinez, I guess, tried to do tonight. But, I mean, if you ask me, the only position where Olympiacos really have good depth in is the goalkeeper's position. If Pasalakis gets injured, knock on wood, in comes Kostas Zolakis, who needs to be Pasalakis' successor. No one else should replace Pasalakis. I don't care if Olympiacos signed David De Gea, Zolakis needs to be his successor. But when it comes to uh, to right back, well, it's only Rodine. Left back, it's only Ortega with Omar Richards playing for the B team against the Agoras, but only lasting one half, which to me, it says that he is nowhere near full foot, full fitness. And then from then on, it's Rezos and Porozo really at center back, especially if Rezos gets, in, gets injured. And he, he, is been, he has been called up by the Greek national team. Big game with France, but not so big considering Greece are out of the... Um, are, are, have to, are not going to qualify by the group stage. You're going to have to play uh, the playoffs. And from then on, I mean, there's only Eze at number six, Madika Maran Alexandropoulos at number eight. A uh, lot of options at number 10, though, if you think about it. Pepiel, Joao Carvalho, and Costas Fortunis, Gustavo Scarpa, but only Fortunis has brought it so far. On paper, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of um, options in uh, in the wings with Daniel Podence, with Majoros Masuras, Marius Brusai, Ola Sol Bakin. and at attack, well, nobody's scoring lately. I cannot remember when was the last time Stefan Jovetic also scored. It, it's not. I mean, we've said it before. Olympiacos are in transition. Uh, this is at least a two-year project, but so far so good, really, for Olympiacos. I mean, if you take the uh, the Bauk game out of the equation. Olympiacos got everything they needed from all the other games. I mean, they lost on paper to Panathinaikos. Obviously, uh, the Olympiacos lost the uh, appeal, uh, lost their appeal, and so they're going to the court of arbitration for sport. I wouldn't hold my breath if I were you, which is going to take at least four months after Olympiacos um, delivered the paperwork, uh, which I'm, I don't think they've had, they've done already, they've done yet. So if Olympiacos do that tomorrow morning, we're looking at least until March, until we get a decision on that. I wouldn't hold the, hold my breath. But with the exception of the Pau game, Olympiacos have been quite solid uh, in Greece. Uh, and when it comes to Europe, I mean, in my opinion, Olympiacos have let themselves down really. And I'm afraid it's that Batskatopola game that's going to cost Olympiacos the numbers, uh, the number, the number two spot. Because I believe Olympiacos can beat Freiburg in Germany. A serious Olympiacos can beat. 
Freiburg in Germany, like a huge opportunity now with international break. Not a lot of players have been called up. So when it comes to Greece, we have Retsos, Paschalakis, Masuras, and Alexandropoulos who have been called up by Gaspoyet. Uh, Jovetic has been called up by Montenegro, Francisco Ortega from Argentina, uh, Ayub El-Kabi from uh, Morocco. I think uh, Sean Baikin has been called up by Norway. I think he has been called up. But huge opportunity for Diego Martinez to work with a lot of players uh, ahead of the, uh, the upcoming uh, matches. But if Olympiacos beat Freiburg, what they basically need is uh, West Ham to beat Freiburg in London and Olympiacos to obviously win at Karaiskakis. And West Ham are going to play, uh, are not going to be screwing around. They're not going to be clowning around again because they could lose first place to Freiburg if they beat them. If Freiburg beat them, uh, West Ham could lose first place. So they need to be serious about it. They can't just bring in their their babies from the academies. They need to, to show up in this game. And if Olympiacos beat Freiburg with a two-goal deficit, which, again, I wouldn't hold my breath. That's a big if. That's a huge if. I mean, Olympiacos beating Freiburg is a big if on its own. But if Olympiacos managed to, you know, pull off another West Ham and beat Freiburg with a two-goal deficit, then a draw as well would, sort of, would suit Olympiacos uh, between Freiburg and West Ham. So Olympiacos, if Olympiacos beat Freiburg and beat Batskatopola, then they're going to need West Ham to basically beat Freiburg to get the uh, number two spot. But if Olympiacos win by a two-goal uh, difference in, um, in Germany, then even a draw would work in Olympiacos' uh, favor. Uh, Yorgos Murzanos, thank you so much for joining the show and thank you for your comment. It's not only us, though. Look at City. Rodri missed three games, lost all three, and they're the best team in the world. Well, absolutely, Yorgos. I mean, I think you hit the nail right in the head there. I mean, do join our Patreon group, guys, because if you join us, you're going to join our WhatsApp group where you're going to be uh, getting a lot of insight uh, without having to uh, to join us on the show. I mean, your all of the Olympiacos insight will be coming straight to your phone at any given time of day. Uh, Marcial, my good uh, co-host and friend, he basically said that it's a problem for Olympiacos that they're relying on Fortunis too much. Well, I get what he's saying because Fortunis cannot really play 90 minutes. Uh, after the 70th minute, he's basically toast and Olympiacos need more depth there. But still, I mean, that's not a sign of um, a bad team. I mean, uh, shall we talk about the Real Madrid? I mean, it'd be quite interesting to see Real Madrid playing without Jude Bellingham, wouldn't it? without all those goals coming in. And like you said, uh, Jorg, I mean, Manchester City without Rodri lost all three games without him. Uh, and Kevin De Bruyne, I mean, they they struggled at the beginning after Kevin De Bruyne's injury because even Erling Holland, the best striker in the world, he needs Kevin De Bruyne because he's the one that... He doesn't find, bring the ball to him. He brings players off him. Kevin De Bruyne has this amazing, has this amazing ability to bring players away from Holland and that frees him, and that leads to the pass from which Holland uh, scores the important goals for Man City. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely, I agree with you. It's going to be a very interesting January transfer window. Olympiacos obviously need to buy a centre-back, which, to be honest with you, I don't think there's going to be a, a purchase. It's going to be a loan. Of, uh, there's going to be a loan. Uh, personally, you should expect a loan for a centre-back. But I think Olympiacos are also going to go for a striker because the African Cup of Nations is uh, right around the corner. Um, the good news is that Madika Mara is almost definitely not going to be part of the of the Guinea squad uh, after falling out with the uh, manager Diabara. It seemed like they were working towards a resolution between Kamara and Diabara, but uh, 
that doesn't seem the case because Camara wasn't uh, called up by Guinea for this international break, for the World Cup qualifiers. So it seems like Olympiacos will still have Camara. No AFCON for Camara, but the same doesn't go for Elkadi, who we could easily see being called up by Morocco. And then you're left with Stefan Jovetic and that's it, really. So I could imagine a striker being, maybe a striker joining Olympiacos, uh, Olympiacos' ranks in January. It's definitely going to be an interesting January transfer wing, wing, window. Another question from your, from Manos, sorry, you kind of have the same, uh, the same, um, the, the same avatars. Do you think El Kabi was a firework and he's currently at his standard potential or he can show us? Yeah, of course, I think he can show us his abilities again. Uh, like I said, I mean, it, it, it's normal to see a dip in form. Even Erling Holland had a dip in form after Kevin De Bruyne's injury, but he's, I mean, he is world class, of course, but still, um, El Kabi's success came a lot with his chemistry with Fortunis. Uh, Fortunis always found a way to find him, and he always found a way to bring himself in position to score the big goals. I feel like uh, El Kabi needs one goal to find his. Um, maybe one goal could help him uh, uh, regain his confidence, uh, which is a shame he didn't get got from Asteras before the international break. But even a goal against Asteras against during the international break could uh, unlock his potential, uh, and he could come back better than ever. Hopefully. Aris Pan was either Biel or James. Never Masuras was a starter last year. Okay, let's go a little. Let's calm down with Aris there. What we have here is from Southpaw, another good uh, good friend and uh, follower of the podcast. Return all the low needs, sell Biel Carvalho and buy two world-class players. One center half, one defensive midfielder. And the 48th is ours again. Uh... So if Olympiacos sent back all the low knees, let's see what we have here. So low knees, we have um, Omar Richards. So Olympiacos are going to need the left back because Do- uh, Doron Leitner, I think uh, January will come a little too quick, too, uh, too soon for him to come back from injury. And plus he's going to need time to work around that injury and regain full form. So uh, Omar Richards is one who's going to have to go. Then you have Jackson Porozo who has proven uh, that he can that he can contribute at Olympiacos. Like I said, guys, guys, that's important. It's important that Olympiacos found the centre-back pairing. Uh, yeah, of course, Jackson Porozo is no Olof Melberg or Abraham Papadopoulos or Martin Novoselats, but his chemistry works with, uh, with Panos Reto. So if Olympiacos... So let's go back to our loanies. Omar Richards, uh, Jackson Porozo... Uh, Nicholas Freire, so that's two centre backs gone. Who else we got? Uh, who is on loan? Uh, Gustavo Scarpa goes away. Um, Ola Solbakin goes away. Who else we got there? I think I'm missing someone. Something tells me I'm missing someone there. But still, that's five players who are going to go, and pretty much only because you're going to need five players to come into the January transfer window, which is next to impossible to get because the January transfer window exists for tweaks. It doesn't exist to create a team like it is in the summer transfer window. Sell Biel and Carvalho, well, if you sell both of them, that's going to be quite a risk because you're going to be a, you've already let, you've already let Gustavo Scarpa go, so you got no one for the number 10 position. And uh, if Costas Fortunis, who has already had two big injuries in his career, if he gets injured, you got nobody for the number 10 position. And by two world-class players, well, Mid-season, nobody in their right minds and sells their best players for bargain prices. Uh, so Olympiacos are really going to have to dig deep financially. And I'm not too sure where we are in the financial fair play area. 
So world-class players, I don't see why anyone, any world-class player would like to come to Olympiacos when there are so many opportunities in the Premier League uh, and all the other top four, top five uh, leagues in the world, plus a lot of money from Saudi Arabia. And yeah, some players are thinking just money. So you're seeing one center half, one defensive midfielder, and the 48th is ours again. Well, like I said, it's a lot more complicated than it seems like. George, I think he needs to find his confidence. Again, the Kabi can be good for us. Don't write him off yet, guys. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it is. Maybe one goal can make the difference, and it's a real shame he didn't get it against Asteros. But he could get it against Panetolikos. You know, if he gets a big goal or maybe two against Panetolikos, that could really um, put him back in the full gear ahead of Freiburg, and we're definitely going to need a Jubel Kabi at his best against Freiburg. We used to say that in the previous season as well, remember, the fact that we were dependent to the quality players only like Biel James at some point. Well, here's the thing. The last great team Olympiacos had was in the 2019-2020 season. I mean, you had a, a lineup like, what was the lineup? It was uh, Pedro Martinez's lineup. It was Jose in goal, Omar El Abdelawi at right back, Costa Tsimikas on the left, Ruben Semedo at center back with uh, either Hussein Nuba or Papa Boussissé. Then you had the three midfielders in Andreas Buchalakis, Guilherme, and Mandi Camara. And up front was Youssef El Arabi with Yorgos Masuras. And who was the other one? I think it was Mathieu Valbuena would come in. And that's it. You just need chemistry. You want all the 11 players to play in full harmony. Uh, but like we said, like this is Diego Martinez's first season, debut season at Olympiacos. And he had to... And he had to change everything. Uh, he had to take the second worst teams in Spet and Nahronia and turn them into world beaters. And there's something there, guys. There really is something there. And I'll tell you what, with Costas Fortunis, it's funny because Costas Fortunis should be in the same conversation as Predrag Djordjevic, as, as Predrag Djordjevic, as Giovanni, as Rivaldo, as Stelios Yanakopoulos, Basilis Karapialis, Nikos Anastopoulos, Tasos Mitropoulos, Yorgos uh, Siveris. And all the other legends, because all those years he's been loyal. He has been the, the he has been the, the standard bearer at Olympiacos. He is a and he is a very rare player for Greek standards. I mean, Greece pretty much create uh, defenders, centre backs. They don't create number tens. They don't create strikers. I mean, I don't think we've seen a number ten like Kostas Fortunis since Vasilis Kadzipanagis, uh, arguably the best Greek player of all time. Well, not arguably, he is the best Greek player of all time. Vasya. That is, not Fortunis, Vasia. And I feel like we're not going to understand how big Fortunis was for Olympiacos until he's done with Olympiacos, until he either retires or he leaves for one, one, one last fat, big fat paycheck. Uh, Costas Fortunis has been immense. Uh, has been absolutely immense for us. And it's not a bad thing to be relying on him. It's It'd be best if Olympiacos found a lot more harmony. And uh, that's what they need to work on because uh, that's the funny bit in the last... Uh, the last, what was it, uh, two games between West Ham and uh, Pauk. Defense was horrible, but the attack wasn't that bad. I mean, considering the, uh, the late comeback uh, with, the, with those two late goals from Jorgos Masuras and Costas Fortunis, which showed that there was ability there, but it took them ages to switch on. And then with West Ham, again, the same thing, but only this time the defense was great, the attack was horrible. And again, Olympiacos didn't switch into full gear until the end when they almost scored with Madi Camara. And again today, like Olympiacos didn't take off until after the 63rd minute when Cosas Fortunis joined uh, the fray. And that is when Olympiacos finally started to show signs of life. And that's when they scored those two goals. That's something that that's something that worries me. Those The fact that Olympiacos don't 
seem to switch on until the final few minutes. It's something to keep an eye on during the, uh, during the international break. There's also an annoying sound, yeah. Uh, could you, uh, could you uh, tell me more about this, Mano? Uh, opinion of Martinez today. I could see this game. Did he commit any crimes like West Ham away and Pauk at home? Well, the crime to me was the lineup that he chose. I mean, uh, completely rotated squad. Uh, some very important players like Podence, like Fortunis, uh, uh, were, were off. Uh, and it was strange because Olympiacos don't have a big game coming up anytime soon. And on the contrary, it's the international break and you can't afford to drop any points considering that Ike, Pauk and Panathinaikos also, also won, which means that right now Olympiacos are second with four points behind Panathinaikos, same points as Ike in third place, and Pauk are one point away from Olympiacos and Ike. So it's very tight right now and. uh with international break coming up and the opportunity to work on a few plays, work on a few players, work on a few fit, work on some fitness, uh, get, get, get players back to 100%, uh, work on some injuries. Well, very important right there. Nothing wrong with Diego either. He needs to work on his subbing, but apart from that, he's great manager with underrated con with underrated experience. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more with you. I mean, the guy would uh, stop working in this in Spain for a while, went to England to better his craft. And it really, really shows uh, of course, he has to make chemistry work in attack, but it's not just that. You need to create chemistry on all of the uh, on the entire team. We keep on counting on players' personal quality. That is true. You got to work on the chemistry of the of the entire team. Uh, what else we got here? Well, basically, guys, we got some big news here, uh, which is potentially good news for. Uh, for Olympiacos, because uh, the Premier League clubs are about to uh, meet up and uh, have a big vote uh, uh, to um, when it comes to loaning players uh, between them and uh, other clubs being owned by the same owner. So they're talking about uh, loans between, for example, Newcastle and the, uh, the Saudi clubs or between Olympiacos and Nottingham Forest. And on the 21st of November, they're going to vote on whether to scrap that. Um, 14 clubs at least will have to uh, vote in favor of scrapping that. This comes after Newcastle um, expressed desire to sign Ruben Neves from Anjilal, who are owned by the uh, Public Investment Fund, who hold 80% of Newcastle, and uh, they own Anjilal, Al-Nasser, Al-Akhli, and, um, and uh, Al-Itihad. Uh, so basically, that's the reason why this vote is going to take place, because they're afraid that Newcastle is just going to start bringing all those world-class players from the Saudi clubs, uh, and that will create that will, that will make it very unfair for all the uh, other teams. Uh, apparently, for some reason, there is confidence that it's going to pass, which is going to be really good for Olympiacos because that means no more Nottingham Forest flops in January. They're going to have to have another vote for the summer transfer window, but until then, in January, that will mean that Antonio Cordon will work by himself without having anyone else on his ear saying, "Oh, yeah, we're." Uh, Nottingham Forest needs some help with the financial fair play and whatever, so could we bring this player on loan? Especially now that we're hearing that Nottingham Forest have reached a uh, verbal agreement with Nino from Fluminense, is he? I mean, that would bring their total number of centre-backs to six. So that's the fear there that maybe someone like Joe Worrell or Felipe will be coming to Olympiacos in January. Hopefully, uh, that is not the case. What else we got here? Uh, of course, Ari, year one of rebuild would always be tough. 
uh, we got a conspiracy theory. Uh, Freire is with Freire is that there's some bioblocation after a number of games that we don't want to trigger. Well, amen on that. But he hasn't played a lot of games. I mean, the guy's a bench warmer uh, right now. I don't think he's injured, George. Uh, I think uh, I think that's basically down to the fact that Jackson Porozo has had a uh, has a good has the best chemistry with Panos Retsos, uh, and that is and that is that really. Mano, does anyone remember how the Martins rebuild team was at the same point five years ago? I actually don't remember many things about Greek games, but in Europe we were definitely more decisive. Well, in the group stages, I mean, we really struggled against Real Betis. We were destroyed by um, Milan away. Who did we have in... Uh, we had the Luxembourgian team or something, which we... We beat across both legs. I'm telling you guys, I'm afraid it's that Batska Topola game away. I think that's the one that's going to do us. Like, I could easily see Olympiacos. I could easily. I really believe Olympiacos can beat Freiburg away. And if they do, I'm afraid that then at the final game, there's going to be like a draw between West Ham and Freiburg, and that'll be it for Olympiacos. So I'm, 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 I'm starting to have. Uh, uh, to have flashbacks from 2011 uh, from that Champions League group from that Champions League group with Marseille, Borussia Dortmund and Arsenal, and uh, because Olympiacos didn't beat Marseille in Greece, uh, then Olympiacos beat Arsenal in the final game, and then Marseille with the, with the help of one Mathieu Valbuena, they came back from two 0 down to beat to win three two at the final seconds of the match, and that threw us out of the uh, Champions League and into the Europa League. And that was a huge, huge, huge shame because that that Ernesto Valverde team deserved to be in the Champions League that season. And I'll tell you, out of all the games Olympiacos have lost, none of them ever hurt me like that Borussia Dortmund-Marseille game. Borussia Dortmund of Jurgen Klopp with all those big stars like Marco Reus, like Robert Lewandowski, like Subotic, like Hummels, like Weidenfeller, like Piszczek, like Blazikowski, and they... And they lost to a very weak Marseille team after being two goals ahead. And people were saying that they're the dark, dark horse of the Champions League and they're the one that could win it and they're definitely going to top that group and they finished last. So, I mean, losing 4-2 to Pauk, losing 3-0 to Panathinaikos, both of them at Kareskaiki, the 7-0 loss to Juventus away, none of them hurt like they, uh, like that result for me. And I'm afraid maybe we're up for something like this this season, like Olympiakos winning at Freiburg, then beating Batska at Kareskaiki, but then Freiburg drawing with West Ham or something weird like that. Uh, but yeah, when it comes to Greece, yeah, Martins only won one derby all season. Well, one and a half, because then that was the Panathinaikos game when we were winning 1-0 at Oaxaca, and then the Panathinaikos fans uh, um, invaded the ground. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that was it. He basically won one match that season, and that was against Ike, and... This came that came after a really bad first half. Southpaw Martins' team at this stage of rebuilding was playing good football, much more convincing than the current team. But yeah, though he didn't get results, though that's the thing. Like he did struggle. I mean, and let's not forget that elimination from Lamia, which almost led to his dismissal. Until um, reports suggest Martin uh, Christian Christian Carembe got involved, and he said, "If he goes, I go." And thankfully, that didn't happen. Uh, George, yeah, true. Biancon was on the bench today. I'd have loved to have seen him play, but there again, with how tight the game was, I can understand not playing. I think he was just there because Jackson Porozo got injured, to be honest with you. Uh, 
Garanza and Gaston Hernandez could still be targets. I haven't heard anything about that personally. El Cabi was still poor even when he was scoring, in my opinion, not good enough. Well, he got the goals, though. That's what's important. Porozo, uh, yeah, of course he's on loan. Yeah, from Trua. What else do we have here? Well, comment section is on fire right now. Uh, right, we have a question about Freiburg. If we beat Freiburg by two goals, we can settle for them to get a draw versus West Ham. That is absolutely correct. If we beat them by one goal, think we can advance even if they draw? No, I don't think so. Because we're going to have the same points, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but we'll have to beat Topola 4-0. Well, I don't think so. Because um, the thing is, uh, when it comes to same points in the Europa League group stage, it's then the, the goal difference between you two teams comes into play. And they beat us 3-2 at Kareskakis. So then it's... Uh, if we beat them by one, yeah, I see it. We're gonna have same points, but then yeah, it's a goal difference. Yeah, you're right. Hopefully, we're not gonna have, we won't have to bring out the calculator uh, on the final game against Batska Topola. But thank you, really good uh, comment there. Double the triple O or triple zero? What is that? Or is this zero O zero? Honestly, think winning at Freiburg and finishing third in the group would be a great scenario. Big morale boost plus a chance for a run in the conference. Well. Your Olympiacos, you always go for everything. You don't just uh, you don't just uh, think to yourself, oh, you know, third place is okay. No, your Olympiacos, uh, you, there's no losing. There's no word like losing or or or, or, or settling. Your Olympiacos don't settle. That's the thing. Like, so one of my co-hosts said that there's a loser mentality at Olympiacos, and then I hear that being said, like, oh, it's better to finish third. What are you talking about? Either there's a loser mentality or there's not. I mean, saying that you want to finish third, that is a loser mentality, pretty much. Costa is better for a current team than second? No, it's not. Because again, at conference, you could get a difficult, uh, a difficult opponent again. You're not. You can still get difficult teams from the from the Europa League again. Plus, there's Aston Villa there. No, it's not. It's not better. Plus, you're Olympiacos. If you think to yourself, oh, you know, let's finish third, you could accidentally lose third place. Uh, and no, it's not reality. Olympiacos are a Europa League side, and they showed it against West Ham. Not everyone can beat West Ham. Look at Nottingham Forest. Right now, we don't. Lose any more games in the in the scenario though. What scenario? It's better to go to conference because finals at Opapa Arena. Yeah, but have you seen the other teams in the conference? Do you guys know that Aston Villa haven't lost a single home game this season? Actually, I think they they won all of them. So if you get Aston Villa in the in the semis or the quarters, then good luck with that. Well, we may beat Topola by six goals. Well. If a miracle happens, but it's not the most impossible thing to happen. Like versus Dudelange, that was the team Pedro Martins had in his uh, first season. Whatever the name was, we beat 5-0. Yeah, well, I don't remember the Dudelange games, if I'm being totally uh, <coughs> honest with you. So, what's next now for Olympiacos? Well, just enjoy the uh, international break, work on the injuries, especially with Daniel Podens, absolutely, and work on some plays, work on some tactics, like the team needs to come together. One thing that we see in the games is that the lines are tight. That's very important, keeping the lines tight. And that's very that, that, that's something that's very much in accordance to Diego Martinez's uh, uh, philosophy and mentality. So that's a good thing. That's a good start right there. But from then on, Olympiacos really need to, um, to decide what it is they need from the... Uh, 
the January transfer window. Do let me know in the comment section which positions you think Olympiacos need to add into in the January transfer window. Obviously, definitely a center back because if Panos Retos gets injured, the, the injury prone Retos gets injured, Olympiacos will have a serious problem. Uh, plus, remember Matika Mara probably not going to AFCON. But I think Olympiacos will need a striker. Personally, I, I do think Olympiacos need a striker, especially if LKB and Jovetic don't start showing anything anything different. I mean, two months without a goal, that is very, very uh, disappointing and worrying. Uh, Costa, let's suppose we lose third place from Topola. Is there any chance Martinez will stay? Oh, that's a very good, good question. Well... First off, it's important to find out if, how much the players believe in Diego Martinez, how much they back him. Because, like, who, what was his name? Carlos Corberan. Carlos Corberan is a really good manager, and right now he has West Brom in the uh, playoff positions in the championship. So, and it, there's a very good chance he he just barely missed out on the playoff positions after taking all taking over mid-season and suddenly turning things around and turning West Brom into a team that could earn uh, promotion to the Premier League, and he just missed the Premier the, the playoff spots in the championship. But you could do it this season. But I mean, reports suggest that uh, I mean we've heard that the players just didn't take him seriously uh, at all. So it's very important to see how much the players believe in him, because if they do believe in him, then that's an extra reason to keep Diego Martinez, even if disaster like this does strike against Topola, which. I want to say there's no way, but then again, what happened in Serbia was a disaster. That was before uh, Rezos and Porozo linked up, and we finally sorted out the defense issue. But then again, some childish mistakes from Martinez there in the subs. I mean, that's something. That's one thing. Martinez needs to work on his subs because uh, just some really bad substitutions, and there's just it seems like he doesn't he doesn't dare to risk there. He doesn't dare to make a bold move. It's, it seems like he's just too scared to make an important move to just you know roll the dice a little he wants to play it a little safe and i think maybe that's the uh that's his downfall right there but another thing i'm worried about is antonio cordon because uh a lot of sightings olympiacos made in my opinion were absolutely not cordon-esque i mean i cannot imagine antonio cordon going to vangelis manakis and saying hey uh, boss, I really need you to bring me some low knees from Nottingham Forest, especially the ones that never play for Nottingham. Uh, I don't, let, let's look at the signings Cordon made. I mean, Jackson Porozo, he's not a flop, but the jury is, I'd say the jury is out. But it goes, it goes, this comes closer to a hit. I mean, Porozo comes closer to a hit than Freire, uh, Doi, and uh, some other players. Then Ayub El Kabi started very well. The last two months he has not been doing well definitely not a flop but then you got santiago Eze, who is a major hit and you got francisco ortega who's a major hit and even argentina manager lionel scaloni thinks so but then again like you can't imagine you can't have all of your players being massive hits uh but i am worried about antonio cordon i am worried that if olympiacos don't win the league cordon is supposed to be the number the the number one guy only number two behind vagelis marinakis but the January transfer window for me will show a lot. Will show a lot as to where how much influence Cordon has and how much independently the guy works as the sporting director. Uh, how much his decisions, uh, how much gravity his decisions and opinions have. 
I am worried about that. That's the only thing that I'm worried about. Like I said it in the summer, if I see midseason a headline that says Antonio Cordon leaves Olympiacos, that's going to be a huge, huge blow uh, for Olympiacos. So let's see if we got any um, any answers on my January transfer window. Ah, we got one here. Alex, we need a center back, uh, number six, send back some of our loaned players. Terminate the contract of El Kabi or El Arabi and bring Costulas as a third striker. Well, obviously you mean Babis Costulas because there's two of them. Costulas is 16 though. And playing for the B team and playing for the academy, the youth sides, that's a completely different ball game. Uh, you know, bringing a 16-year-old striker to play against some of the best defenders in the world, you know, in Europe, that's going to be something different for him. But I will agree that uh, Costulas needs to be in the squad within the next two years tops. He needs to be in the squad because there's there's a, there's some huge, huge talent there. A centre-back, absolutely. And, you know, to be honest with you... <coughs> If that means sending, uh, if Doron Leitner manages to regain fitness uh, by the end of January, then send Omar Richards back to Nottingham. Absolutely send uh, Freire back to Pumas. And with the money you save on their contracts, well, invest on a centre-back. Bring in a really good centre-back because Olympiacos really need this. And if there's, um, if, there's uh, if confidence grows at the back, then maybe the attackers will find more confidence in pushing forward and uh, pushing for those big goals. Defensive midfielder, well, yeah, I mean, the pretend to be Bora thing that doesn't seem to have worked wonders for us, so you're not wrong there. Let's see what Yorvos thinks. We need a starting center midfield. Well, we got two of those. And striker, yes, a squad... Center midfield and two decent center backs. One more experience. Corberan is such a great coach. Too bad he came at a difficult time for us. Well, absolutely. He came in and he was putting band-aids everywhere. And he took us to Europe. I mean, and he was putting band-aids everywhere. If he had joined up... Here's the thing. Like, Costa Levoyani said that Olympiacos are ruining the day they handed the Larabia contract. Well, I don't think that's with the Larabia. The problem is with Pedro Martins. Because in a parallel universe, Pedro Martins grabs the, uh, the our last uh, title trophy, walks into the Karaiskakis uh, pitch, the center of the pitch, grabs a microphone. The entire Karaiskakis uh, starts chanting his name. There are flares everywhere. Thank you, Pedro. He gives a good and he gives a nice emotional and touching speech. He leaves. It all works better for all of us, for Martins, for Olympiacos. And then they bring in a, a manager. It couldn't have been Corberan because Corberan left. Uh, he left uh, in the middle of the summer from his previous team. I don't remember which one it was. Uh, and then Olympiacos could have had a manager who could have come in and he would have the entire summer to solve everything. And it, we would have definitely not have not have had a turbulent season like the one before. We definitely wouldn't be putting band-aids still. Could have even won the trophy, the title last season. I mean, if this Olympiacos, this... This terrible Olympiacos squad we had last season kept pushing for the title during, even during the playoffs. They still had a ch fighting chance during the playoffs. Well, imagine what a healthy team would have done last season. To be frank, Corberan, he was training like 50 players. Yeah, just like Mitzel after him. Uh, what we should be praising Martinez for is the fact that Fortunis is playing so good in the wing. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he also uh, switches a lot 
with the, he switches the wings. If he starts on the right, he goes to the left. Sometimes he switches with the number 10, whoever uh, that might be. But 4-3-3, I think that's the formation Olympiacos want to play now. If the owner signings were not good, Cordons, Freire, Kini, and Ibora were good, come on. Well, Santiago is and Francisco Ortega were really good. And uh, Ayub El Kabi and uh, Jackson Porozo have shown a lot as well. Number one, definitely midfield with an eye for a pass. Number two, experienced central defender. Number three, physically imposing striker, not just in the air. I gotta go into and win duels against defenders. Someone like Tiquinho, maybe. I don't know anything about Carranza, guys. Um... Manos, opinion about Potence's comeback. Seems a different player, not the dribbler we remember. Is not the new identity. Maybe he still needs game time because he didn't play a lot this year. Well, he didn't play a lot for Wolves as well uh, in his final year with them. Well, final year before he was loaned to us. He's still he's still in Wolves's uh, still in Wolves's books. Well, Potence joined Olympiacos with zero um, preseason and zero preparation. He hit the ground running immediately. So it's normal for players to you know. Go a little, you know, start from the, have a few ups and downs. And I think that's what's going on. He's in a down right now. And plus, he has a problem with his heel. And something tells me that that heel problem didn't suddenly occur at at Tripoli. So let's give it some time there. I mean, he's definitely a very good signing. And he did have an amazing comeback. He did um, he did hit the ground running. So absolutely, he was he's, he was a very good uh, uh, signing. And yeah, Huddersfield was Gordon's previous team. Very good, Alex. Uh, don't have any updates here, George Cadilli. Uh, well, Aris, be patient with uh, with El Kabi. One, just one goal could change a lot for uh, for him. Uh, so we're approaching an hour into this. So I think I'm just gonna, for all of you who don't, who haven't done so already, please do like and subscribe. Please do help uh, help the, the channel grow. Uh, we're going to be bringing you some more exclusive and cool stuff in the near future. And please do join us on Patreon so you can be having all of the amazing Olympiacos insights straight to your phone without having to uh, wait for the next show. So now that we are, we are approaching, uh, we're approaching the final, uh, the, fi- the final few minutes of this show. Guys, do let me know who, who you think the man of the match was for Olympiacos. And do let me know why it was Costas Fortunis, who obviously was the man of the match, came in and it was a completely different ball game after the 63rd minute, scored the two goals, brought in more attacking prowess to Olympiacos. Absolutely man of the match. Who's your man of the match, guys? Please uh, do, let the, uh, do, do, do let me know if you disagree. When it comes to coaches, great. I'm giving him a B-. minus. Uh, because he did win the game, but I mean, the, the players he started, considering there's no reason not to start your best players. The subs again, uh, pretty poor again, terrible first half, but you brought in, he brought in Costas Fortunis, and we picked up the important uh, goal. Anything else, guys? Do we have any last questions before uh, I switch off? Any last question, guys? Any last questions? What do we got? Uh, George Cardiles and Martinez better wake up. You don't make that many changes, Asteras, because no matter their current status, they are a threat at home. Absolutely. Big win, though. 
for to goal absolutely so guys on that note uh i think i'm gonna switch off and go to bed it is uh well past uh half past 12 in greece thank you so much for joining me please do not forget and, uh, to, to like and subscribe uh we're gonna be back with you during the uh the ethnic uh the next ethnic master classes and uh, the next game is against New Zealand, which is going to have take place at Rizupoli because of uh, here he here he here he. Uh, there are, there are some works taking place at the Nea Philadelphia, so we're going to have to wait until we take on France uh, at Nea Philadelphia. The next game, hopefully, the uh, pitch is going to be better, uh, and there's going to be no fans against New Zealand because uh, Rizupoli don't pass the uh, the, re the the necessary. Um, the necessary standards to host a European uh, a European clash, a UEFA or FIFA clash. Uh, so we're going to be back with those master classes, I guess. Um, Gustavo Poyet, he said that he basically said that after March he's gone. After the March playoffs, he's gone. So even if Greece make it to the playoffs, then we're probably not going to have a manager, which is another master class from Epo. Just the gift that keeps on giving that. Um, the, 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 the gift that keeps on giving is Epo. But we do wish Ethnic all the best. If they make it through and pass the playoffs especially, Gustavo Poyet absolutely needs to stay because we support the Greek national team no matter what. Go on Greece. There's going to be no miracle against France, especially when it comes to which team qualifies. But Greece can still do it in the playoffs. But if you have a manager who's just sitting on his contract and thinking when it comes to March, I'm leaving, and he publicly says he'd like the idea of taking over at Ireland, that's not very good. You're definitely going to need Gustavo Poyet at the Euros if we do if we do uh, if we do qualify. But then again, you know this is Epo and anything can really happen. So guys, thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to like and subscribe. This has been Costas Lianos or Costas with a K if you prefer, and I'll see you next time. Oh,